Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. Seven weeks to go until one crazy weekend here in Las Vegas. I'm looking forward to seeing a bunch of you guys out here for that. For this event is on September 24th and 25th. You can book your rooms at the Orleans Hotel and Casino. For more information, go to letstalkdubs.com. Click on the link on the first page that says show information. Click on that link. As soon as you open that page, there's a button right in the middle that says book your rooms here. So click on that to book your guys' rooms. It's a busy time in Vegas then, so make sure you guys book your rooms early so that way you get your room saved because it's going to be one crazy weekend here in Vegas. So I'm looking forward to that. If you guys don't know what it is, last year we put on an event where we had a couple strip cruises on Friday night. This year, Saturday, instead of a citywide cruise, we're doing a car show at the Orleans Hotel and Casino. Saturday evening, we're doing our famous poker run. That's right. Cash money paid out to the top three hands. We're giving out a total of $2,000 in prizes, and we'll be doing some some other uh, giveaways as well, I'm sure. I wanted to thank our sponsors that came aboard, Finley VW in the Valley Auto Mall. That's right, Finley Volkswagen is one of our sponsors. We've also got Baron King is another one of our sponsors. Dam Volks out of Boulder City, Nevada. Uh, Eric DeYoung has been on the podcast before. He's one of our sponsors as well. And Vic with Lab Built is one of our sponsors. I can't forget my boy Scott. At Pedalworks, he's also a sponsor for Let's Talk Dubs One Crazy Weekend. So make sure you guys support our sponsors. There'll be links down below to their websites in the podcast details. If you don't want to miss a good time, make sure you click and register for the Poker Run and also the Car Show. To be clear, the Poker Run and the Car Show, two separate events. The Poker Run is $50 to enter. You get a commemorative shirt that's only for Poker Run participants. It is not for sale. The shirt is not for sale. If you want to be in the car show, the car show's 30 bucks registration for the car show. We'll have several different awards out there. There'll be a top 20 pick, and we'll also have some specialty awards as well. There is no admission, so when you want to come down, check out the cars. Come on down. Free admission for everybody to get in. There's only a registration fee for the car show, but it will for sure be worth it. Love to see you guys bring your cars out from all over the surrounding states. And as far as you can hear my voice, drag that Volkswagen out here to Las Vegas and get some photographs of that dude cruising the strip, maybe some video. And I'll be releasing a video from last year's event here coming up shortly. So it's a good uh, good time to be had. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody out there. This week on the show, buddy of mine, Lucas Hand, Vegas boy, has got an off-road background and his family goes way back in the off-road scene. He's also putting on an event a little bit after ours on October 15th that you'll hear about during the podcast. But today we dab a little bit in the off-road world. We talk about a little bit off-road racing and some Bajas and some street bugs and some of the little Vegas uh, Vegas behind-the-scenes history. So uh, good podcast today. Great VW listening. I appreciate all the support from you guys. Now for some listener emails. First one's from Brian Mallard, man. Brian Brian's out of... Uh, I think he's <laughs> I think he's out of Tennessee and uh he called me like bro where's my shirt at and I forgot his shirt it got mixed up with a bunch of the registration orders for the one crazy weekend so shout out to Brian uh and he's with he's with uh J3 Restorations down there in the in the dirty south man so appreciate him for his patience I'm shooting his shirt out to him this week also Stephen Shallow out of uh Enfield England appreciate him for supporting the podcast uh he's out there He's out there in the UK. I've sent him some extra stickers for being one of my guys across the pond. Appreciate the support. And Nervehead gives us five stars on Apple Podcasts. He says, great podcast, still being relatively new to the VW scene. It's great to hear, get stories from those that are in the scene or those that were there at the beginning. I usually end up with a list of things to do 
things to Google after listening. Great stuff, Bill T. Keep it going. Well, we appreciate you for uh, the five-star review, buddy. If you like a shout-out on the podcast, make sure you give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You may want to leave your name in the review, so I'll actually shout-out your name. Also, send me an email, bill at letstalkdubs.com, or pick up some merch. I always get you a shout on the podcast. So let's get into it this week with our interview with Lucas Hand, the promoter of Volks Jam, Dubs by the Damn Car Show, as well as his off-road history on this week's Let's Talk Dubs. Okay, everybody, so on today's show, I've got uh, a, a buddy of mine dropped in the studio, my buddy Lucas Han, who's from um, Lake Havasu City, Arizona. George is in the studio, and I uh, wanted to welcome you guys to the show today. George, what's up? How's everybody doing? Lucas. How are you guys doing today? So Lucas is a buddy of ours that's been in the Vegas scene for a long time. Uh, he's been pretty heavy in off-road for quite a while, but he's been living in Lake Havasu City for how long now? Almost three years. October so, will be three years. So that's it? Three years? Seems it, like long. It, it seems like it goes by You're faster. You're like a desert rat. It just seems like you live out there. Well, it's hot enough. I should be a lizard by now. Yeah, you're not kidding. <laughs> so Lucas, has a, Lucas is one of the sponsors for the uh, upcoming One Crazy Weekend, and he's got a little business called Bearing King, right? And yeah. that's that's where he does. Uh, so if you're in the in the greater Las Vegas area or in Lake Havasu City and you need your trailer serviced and all that kind of stuff, bearings repacked and all that fun stuff, that's what Lucas does. Uh, Lucas also puts on a show in – it's in at the Parker Dam. Uh, it's in Parker, Arizona. Parker, it's, Arizona. It's in the center park of the city, so the uh, Chamber of Commerce – Helps us out a lot with a show. And that's going to be happening shortly after our show, right? Like a week or two afterwards? Uh, we're doing the 16th of October. Okay, so 16th of October is going to be the Volks Jam Dubs by the Dam in Parker, Arizona. Mm-hmm. So any of you guys out there, uh, I know Nightmare 50 is out there in Parker quite a bit. So Yeah, uh, he's, he's good friends with uh, my buddies, the Wilsons, that I do a lot of off-road racing with. So it's really a small world. So. Yeah, so and we're going to get into that for a minute. Um we're going to get to that in just a second mm-hmm. in regards to your history because and not only just being one of the buddies and one of the sponsors, but we always start the podcast with uh, with what's your VW story and how did you get into Volkswagen? Because before we, all this happened, we were we were reminiscing about some good old times and we watched some YouTube and George fell asleep and it was a whole scene. And uh, what is your VW story, Lucas, um, and how did you get into Volkswagens? Uh, my VW story is because I was born into it. Um, my mom beat my dad in an off-road race. and uh, Which off-road race? Uh, it was the 69 Snore 250. So out here in Las Vegas. And you've got some some history with Snore, right? Right. My, my grandfather is one of the original 10 that started Snore. And he went on later to do High Desert Racing Association. And I think, you know, because I'm working on getting Bob McCachran on right. the podcast. Uh, he's been in the he's been involved snore and right. the off-road scene owns nevada off-road buggy here in town and some people from what he's told me snore existed before score it did so uh, there was no california racing sanction no until after nevada so nevada so, was first in the dirt right well actually it was nora which was ed perlman yes and he started the mexican 1067 so my grandfather did some of the early runs like with Bruce Myers and all mm-hmm. that stuff. He actually chased with Bruce one year oh, or really? Bruce. And um, 
my grandfather was actually the chief steward of the 73 Mexican 1000, which was actually run by Baja Sports, which they, the Baja Peninsula, the, the, um, the country of Baja, Mexico, decided to take it over from Nora. And my grandfather was the chief steward and in charge of all the rules. Right. So if you look at pictures from that time, my grandpa's actually shaking Parnelli Jones's hand at the finish line with Bill Strop, and he's the one that won it. Um, but the crazy part, a lot of people don't realize is my grandpa was actually supposed to be score. Mickey Thompson was asking my grandpa to run all the Baja races before South fish. Oh really? Yeah. And my grandma overheard a conversation and my grandpa was a large man and, uh, the words Gordo and, uh, slights his throat. If he's around any longer, basically came out in broken Spanish. Oh really? And, and my grandma's like, we're not doing Mexico races. So my grandpa kept putting races on in the United States. Wow. Yeah. And so. so he he went on to he was involved in snore pretty heavily. Uh, my grandfather was president three separate times. Bob McCachran was president twice. Right, right. and snore is southern for the for those street guys know it's Southern Nevada off road racing. Uh, uh, southern Nevada off road enthusiast. Southern Nevada off road mm-hmm. uh, enthusiast. Yeah. So um, with with that is and and that's going to be a whole trail of history that I start putting together over the next year or so with a bunch of different people here in Las Vegas. But there's a lot of super rich history in the off-roading scene that starts with Volkswagens and it goes through this evolution into a bunch of people that went on a professional race, you know, exactly. It, 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 it made a whole industry. Right. And people don't realize how the route started. And, and it, it, when you had Bruce Myers on in one of your previous podcasts, mm-hmm. I always enjoyed seeing Bruce. I enjoyed, always enjoyed talking to Bruce, but he's, he was a pioneer. I mean, like sure. he always said, he goes, if we were, if we knew we were going to have this much fun and write history, we would have paid attention more. Right. And that was one of Bruce's taglines forever. And it's true. I mean, um, the, the things that have developed from off-road racing that we use every day. And I mean, the most common thing we see on the street now is a Ford Raptor. If we didn't have off-road racing, we wouldn't have a Ford Raptor. Right. The Ford Raptor and all the off-road mm-hmm. the kind of cars that are there. So now let's talk about your, your history. So your parents started off-road racing. Mm-hmm. You are born into the scene. When when do you get your fir- first VW? And is it off road car? Is it a um, street car? I, well, actually, I learned to drive a, a VW based buggy when I was about eight years old. Mm-hmm. So I would go course marking with my grandpa, and he would pound in stakes, or I would be pounding stakes and looking for stuff. And he goes, "Well, if you're going to be out here, you need to know how to drive." So we had one of his old race cars, which now would be just basically a pan and a stock beam and a swing right. axle trans, which was high tech back then. Sure. And uh, that's what I learned to drive on. It was a burrow and I still own the car. Oh, do you? Yeah. It's, uh, built by a guy named Les Choate back in the day. And he made about 70 of these kits. Now, did they have, does, the, is there a burrow in one of the museums? I remember seeing yes, a burrow. Yes. There was a Volvo built based burrow. It was, uh-huh. it was, uh, it was uh, powered by a Volvo uh-huh. and, um, the guy's out of Sacramento that owns it now, but he owns three of them. And um, I have one still. It's in the high desert at my friend Billy's house. And um, they're, they were built by a guy named Les Choate that had an auto salvage. So he would get Volkswagens and convert them into these kits and these off-road cars. I mean, to to tell you how far things came, my dad used to tell me the story all the time. They'd go looking for European Volkswagens. Mm-hmm. Because the spindle on the left side would break because the speedo cable. Well, a European car was right-hand drive, so they'd go look for European cars to have the stronger spindles. 
Really? And they're hmm. saying it was based on the it was based on the spindle. Like yeah. the hole in the spindle would cause the crack? It caused the crack. Why don't you just avoid the rocks? Well, no, that's not fun. Come on, <laughs> in the dust. But but yeah, uh, uh, that's actually the, the burrow you have pulled up right now. That was Les Choate's personal burrow right there, that number eight burrow. And Les Choate, Les Choate owned a shop in Southern yeah, California? Yeah, he owned, he owned a uh, salvage yard in Santa Ana. And uh, he would get these cars and he got into off-road racing. And he started making these cars to start going down the peninsula, and they were based off of Volkswagen Pan. Nice. And so you you come into Vegas. You grew up in, in Las Vegas, right? Yeah, born and raised. So now you go do a little off-road racing, but, you know, the, there's that's like the, the, it's two different worlds. Or it the, is. The off-road world. Because <clears throat> the off-road world, usually it's like you have the really super nice street Baja guys, which those guys really aren't desert racers no and then you have the desert racers that you never know of because they just drive their off-road cars on the weekends they race only they don't do street yeah they're not vw enthusiasts the same way like we are they're still vw enthusiasts it's a very different scene well you you know how you know what the crossover to me is is like for me i I like street cars and i like the desert cars Mm -hmm. i think the street car for me is to not have to stress to get a car prepped and ready i can go out and just cruise around and have that function of being in an air-cooled car right and because it's still like I can remember races where I still heard every shift and all the RPMs ringing in my head for three days after a race because oh, yeah. you're just ringing that thing out as far as you can. Well, yeah, you got nothing but steel and solid oh, mounts yeah. and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a nightmare. I mean, but, I had a, I had a street car. My, my 63 was like that when I first had the close ratio trans. My 55 the same way. And, and I had solid steel mounts. And after like a week, I was like, I'm freaking done yeah. driving this. <laughs> the freeway is the worst. There's just the yeah. howl in the car is insane. Well, and you and I, I've heard you say this. I've heard George say this. You hurried to get the hot VWs. Well, for me, it was, hey, what's the off-road stuff? Mm-hmm. And what is Judy Smith going to write about this time? And, you know, who got the pictures? And then I'd go back and look at all the street cars. Like, yeah, I wish one of these days I could have something cool like that. Yeah, I'm, 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 now I'm thinking about it. Hot VWs and, and trends used to cover all the snore mm-hmm. and score mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. And they would, and well, if you remember, hot dune buggies and hot VWs yep. is the name of hot VWs. Yeah, and they were usually mostly black and white ads, mm-hmm. just like black and yeah. white and a bunch of text and then the 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 standings at the end of the race yeah story written about it and so on and so forth and uh you know it and there was other knockoffs for off-road racing which was like dusty times and you had off-road advertiser and all that and then you know you get into the to the dot-com days and you've got race desert.com and all that right. so um which race desert like if you're looking for something to buy like a come up like you want to get into off-road racing which I'd only advise you to do if you've got if you've got like if you're looking Very around piles, you've got money. money to burn like <laughs> if you're literally <laughs> burning money get into off road racing <laughs> yeah. yeah what's funny is it started out as a, or it, if you own a Dutch Brothers because they're like money printing presses basically yes. yeah <laughs> well, I need one of those <laughs> it's, it's a, but it started out like probably the most famous racer from Las Vegas has got to be Rob McCacker Rob McCacker for sure no for question. sure actually uh, wasn't Bush Kyle Bush who was when he had well, NASCAR yeah, yeah. dude well, off road racer we're talking about but oh, okay. uh, but Kyle Bush was Tom Bush that was Jim at DRP's tool guy yeah i remember okay. buying tools his from him ma- so tom so tom bush was the tool guy for local mechanics here and his son was a roundy round right. racer and then ended up being kyle bush and but as far as off i think i think <clears throat> i think rob mccracken's probably the most yeah popular. rob mccracken is probably the he he's got to be the most notarized now yes well but what i'm saying is he's raced every class every car and and he's been successful in all of them and mm-hmm. it's funny i'm, I'm at nevada off road bug and i'm having this conversation with bob 
And the perception outside is that he comes from like a rich family with money and all this stuff. No. And talking to Bob, Bob's like, yeah, I had to stop racing. It's just too expensive. And so we just put what money we had behind you know, building stuff for, for Rob. And mm-hmm. it was just a, it was literally worked the week to scratch together enough money to race. Because yes. Bob was also working construction at the yeah, time. Yeah, he right. was a GC. I think he yep. owned his own company Fossey. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, he worked He worked for, uh, I think it was a big company. He worked yeah, for Yeah, MG Fossey at the time. Yeah. And I could tell you right now, if you asked Rob part numbers off of his 1600 cars, yeah. he could tell you the shock numbers, the bearing numbers. Yeah. He could tell you what, what Bill Steins he was running. Yeah. And why. But it was, it, you know, the, the interesting, and that's a story that's going to come out in uh, a future podcast, which is a really, really interesting story because it's just like I, like you know, you have <clears throat> you have Rod Emery, but you have Rod's dad Gary, yes. and Gary has his dad, you know, Neil, and the 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 evolution of the progression of the hobby as mm-hmm. you see it go through the different generations is really interesting because one thing begets another, and it's. I love seeing the, the the thread of how it all comes together. So there's a lot of interesting insight that a lot of people don't know. And, I, and I'm hoping to start an off-road series of just stuff to get the story down. Because I've always noticed, you know, when, when you used to watch like The Ultimate Fighter or Oscar De La Hoya did that one boxing show that was on NBC for a while. And the only reason, the only, I don't want to say the only reason, but... What makes them watchable is when you have an invested interest, and you only get an invested interest by knowing the backstory yeah. of people. And it makes it so much like if you're watching an off road race and you know who the players are, yes. then it's interesting to watch. Yeah. It's just like having, you know, if so you're just watching the cars, it's not as interesting. And there's so much, there's so much neat stuff back there behind that, that, uh, that I think if you know. The, some of the backstory, which I'm hoping to bring some of that out, then then it makes it more engaging to watch, and and you have it, you have a purpose to watch it, you know. So there's lots of stuff. Well, there's a story behind everything. Like everybody has a story of how they got, you know, like, hey, I really wanted to build this car, and there has to be a story why you wanted to build the car. Right. It's just like I have, you know, I I have races that have been my Achilles heel, and I have races that are like, man, this is just walk in the park, yeah, and there's no story to tell. And and you you're actually here in town today to sell like a class eleven car. So you built right. a class eleven car. And so for our street listeners and our people in the Midwest and all over the place that, that aren't really sure what the class eleven is, the class eleven is as close. I think it used to be the sixteen hundred class, but now class eleven is like the close you can get to like a homegrown class. Right. And class eleven stock beam. So just to give everybody a visual. It's a stock beetle mm-hmm. raised up as high as you can, mm-hmm. for fe- but you have you have to maintain stock fenders. Stock fenders have to be on. Stock aprons, stock front and rear bumpers. Um, you can run a stock gas tank. Mm-hmm. I don't advise it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because the tie rods will. Dink, yeah, you know, from lowering your car, your tie rod yep. will wear through your gas tank. I had yep. that happen on the old Swervy. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and there's all kinds of little tricks. Like uh, you pretty much recycle everything off of a stock car. Like you take the tie rods and you take the sway bar that you hope is still on the car. Mm-hmm. Take the sway bar, the uh, sway bar part, cut it, put it inside the tie rod to strengthen it. And then uh, rosebud it and weld it together. That way, it's not flexing when you're going to beat the thing up. So, but it's all stock spec suspension. All stock spec suspension. So, if you went and found a '72 regular standard Beetle, mm-hmm. cranked the torsions all the way up, mm-hmm. put some knobbies on it, mm-hmm. stripped it down to nothing. Yep. You essentially have the class car. Does you it do. have to have a roll cage? Yes, you have to run a cage. You have to run all the safety equipment. So, so you got a window nets, window nets, and does a secondary it, does, latch on the doors. Does everyone take? the glass out of those cars no i've run them with and without 
What do you um, like better? Depends where you're racing. If you're down in Mexico, you don't want the windows in. Right, because you dust out. Well, the dust, the fog, and you've been down there, Bill. Mm-hmm. You get up to Mike Sky Ranch, you got water crossings, you got oh, yeah. you got everything. Um, there was a guy, and you've probably seen it. It's the Bilstein Baja Bug, and his name was Bill Robertson, and he he was one of the heads of Bilstein. Mm-hmm. And he actually had a windshield in his car. He could slide over to the other side, and he drove, drove it as a single-seater. So if it was bad, he, that's the yeah, that's the Bilstein bug right there. And uh, that car, the fuel cell sat next to him, and he actually won an overall race in a Baja bug, which was unheard of in the seventies. It was always the big, the big uh, two liters at the time, and the buggies. But uh, yeah, that car, the windshield would slide over, and he would have, and then he could have it in front of him or away from him at any time is that a class 11 no that's a class 5 car so that's a say five that looks, open car and uh, that looks so way fun, modded so the five open car is like the fully modded chassis beetle yeah. you can get fiberglass mm-hmm. one piece front end oh yeah it's stuff. they're not the only thing vw on those is left is the beam style suspension in the front and well, the, the trailing doors, arm rear. The doors in the body. Yeah. Now they're all fiberglass. They're not even steel body anymore. You, yeah. They make a kit now. They make a it's beautiful kit anymore. now. I mean, you can even get a carbon fiber one now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's power to weight ratio and everything else. So, so now in you, class 11, can you have that? No, you have to have steel. It's no. all steel. Like it's a stock bug. Yeah. Stock bug. So the biggest expense in class 11 right now is fenders. The uh, doors, I mean, body parts, because yeah. these guys just raced at Glen Helen last weekend, and it was a bash fest. These guys were putting it on. There was 20 of them, yeah. and it was a hour and a half moto on a four-and-a-half-mile four mile track, and you see cars missing fenders and guys rolling and everything else, and... Any of them racers want to give me a call? I got stacks of fenders. Yeah. Oh, they they will definitely. And, and uh, George yeah. got fenders. Hit him up at if, the wagon. If you yeah. notice what wheels are on that car you're showing right now. Yeah, these are. I don't know the name. La Pazes. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not American racing La Pazes. And they use those for racing. They used to those. That was one of the first purpose built single seat cars right there. And that's in Lauren Pearson's museum at uh, at West Coast Metric. West Coast Metric. Yeah, because yes. he's a big collector of like mm-hmm. all hobby vehicles. Yeah. So. You're you're getting into the VW scene out here. Like, what's your first street car out here in Vegas? I had a '63 Ragtop and I had a '63 Hardtop. Did you have these when we met? I had my Hardtop when I got when I met you guys. Because if you'd had a Ragtop, we'd have been fast. Yeah, friends. we were probably yeah, no close. Yeah, like, hey, bro. Oh, you got a Ragtop? <laughs> my, rag, rag my Ragtop crew? got stolen here in Vegas. Here in Vegas, that doesn't happen, bro. Well, you know, it's kind of funny is. My family kind of has a history of things being stolen uh, for Volkswagens. Really? Yeah, my dad had a Baja bug built, and it was over at Ebco. Or uh, no, what was the Abco? Point? Abco. Abco. Mm-hmm. Abco built the motor and built the car, painted it, and my dad knew it was his car and his motor. When they found it, they only found the motor, never hmm. found the car. It had the green metallic overspray from his Baja bug on the back of the shroud of the motor and. And there were, it seemed in the 90s, there were a, a lot of shady people in the VW scene. Mm-hmm. Bill had his motor stolen from a body shop, just the motor. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's just uh, shady it, there's people. There's shady everywhere, unfortunately. Yeah. But I mean, uh, yeah, my, my rag top was never found. I bet it was one of those cliff cars. You know, it got pushed off the cliff or in a mine shaft or yeah. whatever around here. Um, but uh, I had I had some later cars. I had 70, uh, 
uh, sunroof beetle. I had a 68 square back for a little while, but I always had buggies and still involved in the off-road stuff. So that was kind of the heavier thing because that was that's more of the family stuff. So you we mostly did. had stock street cars, like lowered, but yeah, stock motors. Bigger, a little bit bigger motors. You know, I had a couple of cars that were, you know, 1776s, uh-huh. and dual carb. My dad was, my dad, I remember camping in his 13 window bus and we went to Yellowstone and his bus was not stock and it used i remember the sticker in the back window it used to say downhill racer and we got pulled over coming through the gorge doing 112 miles an hour in his bus i want to see it <laughs> i have pictures of it i have to dig it up i did i did 106 of my bus and my bus is stable as a rock and i was sketched out a little bit he he, he was it, who's this it, this was my dad oh really and it had a porsche six-cylinder in it Oh, yeah. so yeah, it, it boogied. Mm-hmm. I got mine clocked. If you look on my Instagram, on my Bilty Vegas Instagram, I've got my bus clocked at my the Bull Run bus at one eleven. Getting on the freeway with GPS, GPS clocked. I I have the ticket packed away because he got pulled over and mm-hmm. it says one hundred and twelve miles an hour, Utah, wasting of natural resources. Because he could not believe. We're gonna it. need a picture of that for the I, blog. I gotta blog, dig please. it up. No, I do. I, I need it for the. We're gonna need a picture of that for the blog. Click, everybody can click. This is gonna be the fastest bus known in history right now. Is all I'm gonna say because we'll take it easy, bro. We already got one. Hey, of there's some fast stuff out there now, but yeah, my dad had a six cylinder Porsche in this bus, and yeah, I got in a lot of trouble. We caught that thing on fire when we were kids on accident because it had the fiberglass scoops on the outside. What happened to it, by the way? Um, my dad uh, had to sell it to start putting more money in his business and yeah. keep keep a roof over his, our heads you know because he was trying to expand his business what business did you, was your dad uh, glass glazer here in town oh was he mm-hmm. yeah there's a big off-road race there's bradley glass oh yeah i've known bradley's off-road. forever and off-road there, there's a lot of off-road families in las vegas that are quite there popular is. like uh, most of them are in construction construction <laughs> yeah. well you know there's one that a lot of people don't realize is jack johnson and Jack Johnson's a concrete guy here in town, and Jack's won everything there is in off-road racing from a motorcycle to a buggy to a truck. He's the only guy to win the Mint 400 in all three of those. Really? Right yeah. on. Yeah, the Mint 400, they just recently brought back the Mint 400. Right. Last, what is it? Been it's been 10 years? years now. Yeah, and the mm-hmm. Mint 400, are they, I, I was over it when I was talking to Bob and those guys over at Nevada Off-Road Buggy. He showed me the old course that goes out by Gene Nevada. And We're sitting on. on part of the course. Really? Mm-hmm. We used to start, it, the course used to start where Spanish Trails is. Really? In the early days. So my grandfather was in charge of laying out all the course, was in charge of all the rules. Uh, you had a, another guy at the Mint Hotel, his name was KJ Howe. He was in part, uh, he was part of the marketing. Mm-hmm. So he's he got the great idea, hey, I see the girls of the top 10 in Playboy and, and you know, so on and so forth. So he had the girls of the Mint 400. So the first queen of the Mint 400 was Linda Carter. Wonder Woman. Wonder oh, Woman herself. Yeah. yeah. So George, I, one of George's favorites. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, she was a I mentor. I loved her when I was a child. So so was Vanna White. Not me, bro. I'm a Farrah Fawcett dude all the way. Oh, Sorry, well, guys. So, that would have been Jacqueline Smith if yeah. you're talking Charlie's Angels because she yeah, was my girl, is, too. Yeah. But well, Linda Vanna Carter, White. I still find to be one of the most beautiful oh, women yeah. ever. Vanna What's, White was what, another Wonder Woman girl. Who did you like for uh, Jacqueline Smith? Because yeah. you said Farrah Fawcett. Oh, yeah, Jacqueline yeah, Smith was the <clears throat> beauty. Brunette. She was the true beauty uh, of the show. <laughs> bro. Class all well, the way. Don't make me start a poll, dude. I'll take a poll. Farrah Fawcett outranks. I used to watch this horrible reality show just because Jacqueline Smith was the host of it because Kim watched it. I can't remember what it was. Sheer genius or something like that. It was a haircutting contest. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny you were just watching it for her. just for jack yeah still it. looks amazing to this day by the way 
you know, it, it's crazy the history in the town. What Heck yeah. what racing has done. Like we used to have the Caesars Palace Grand Prix here. Yeah, yeah. you know, I mean. Vegas has always been a Satin hot jackets. Show. I remember them. Oh yeah, Grand Prix on the back. I, I remember <laughs> at that time we were doing Vegas, what's now Vegas to Reno, which was originally the Frontier Five Hundred, and the Frontier Hotel was a sponsor of my grandfather's. Mm-hmm. So I remember getting a limo ride. I thought I was cool to go to the Caesar's Palace Grand Prix as a kid. Did you ride in a limo bug? No, <laughs> no. Then you don't know. But I do like the limo bug. Limos. I do like the limo bug. But yeah. limo bug's gone. Thank God. I know. You went back Thank to God. I feel for those people, bro. <laughs> it just did a round trip. Godspeed to you, people in Texas. <laughs> hey, it just did a round trip. God and gravity. It just it just did a round trip. Texas, Vegas, Texas. Right. That's it. They took it back to Texas. Yeah. It's it's a prop car that they're using for their weddings and all stuff. They'll That's put a little. Cool. Uh, Put a little uh, photo booth and stuff inside it. He's perfect. got a big wrap he's putting on it. It's perfect for that car. You know, listen, it was inexpensive, and to buy it for ten grand, I mean, you you can't do the metal work for ten grand. They're no, not, no. Like if you went to go, you build can't one do a today, paint job for ten grand anymore. And speaking of that, I started thinking the other day. I'm looking at my bug, and I'm, I'm driving the Mexican because we know I got the Mexican back. I really wanted to go and meet you to go pick it up. And I, I really I, apologize. Look, I, I offered to buy you lunch, bro. I know. Yeah, I, customers, mm-hmm. customers, mm-hmm. man. And so I go there. And I'm looking, I'm thinking about the limo bug, and I'm thinking of the Mexican beetle. And I'm thinking, George is like, this is going to involve work for me. (laughs) What were you thinking? Dodged a bull to know. (laughs) (laughs) George just cracking himself up. No, I was sitting there thinking, I thought, how come no one ever took, like, what would be a cool mod to a, a beetle would be just extend it, like, eight inches if you put eight inches right at the back window length in the back window so you could actually have four 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 grown adults driving the car that are above four foot eight well we extend them in off-road but you don't put four people yeah well no you extend the trailing or move oh, the yeah. wheel forward blow back. the wheelbase yeah. out but i just thought that'd be that that would be a slick enough uh mm-hmm. deal but anyway that's off off to another no I, I i get it but uh <laughs> <laughs> i don't know but life is just a fantasy yeah. Yeah. george yeah. is like just don't give me any more work just yeah, don't give God. me any more work no I, I i i find how crazy the simplest thing from when what you're seeing the evolution of how the sports oh yeah listen i mean there was no there's no better way to test a car than off-road racing because you literally beat the living crap out of it and being a vw guy i still to this day i get my can-am and when i bombed out of mexico for nine days Mm -hmm. on a thousand mile trip and like Bro, there's a video I put on my Instagram where I am bombing on Whoop Road. I mean, I'm bombing, dude, 45, 50 miles mm-hmm. an hour. And you feel like you're doing 80. No, dude. It's it, like it's smooth as silk. My, I know. It's insane. My, the my car hardly is, moves, and you just see the suspension moving all around it. You know, it's it's nuts what that thing can do. Well, what it eats up, let me say that. Oh, yeah. I've been in Baja Bugs before. That don't eat up oh, anything. Oh, come on. Come on, no, man. No, there's yeah, some, you're lucky if you got fillings in your mouth when you're done with saying, that ride. Driving you know? a Volkswagen, even on the street, you hit some rough railroad tracks, bro. It's bad. <laughs> I get in this Can-Am, bro, and I'm just blown away at like the stuff I can put this car through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like just Insane. in the morning, just hit the button, just fires up, and it's like ready for more action. It's just And when I had Adam Wick on the podcast, we were talking about, I, I said to him, what's been the greatest evolution what has been the greatest evolution in, in off-road? And he said Shocks. suspension. Shocks. Yeah. Because the better the suspension, the faster cars oh, yeah. go. You know what I mean? And so it's like the mile an hour, I'm sure, from like the 60s off-road races to the to today are just well, incredible. Still, though, if you break down like the Baja 1000, a peninsula run, which is smoother than a loop run. Right. So if you break down the Baja 1000 peninsula run, you're still in that 52 to 57 mile an hour average 
for the overall winter. Yeah. So you got sections you're doing 130 plus miles an hour in, and you got sections you're doing five miles an hour. Yeah. In. When you came up right. to Mike's, did you go down the backside of it at all? Mm-hmm. Tight technical. Oh yeah. Three point turns. Yeah. There's a and, couple. There's a couple sheer drop offs. Oh yeah. And some washouts. Now imagine being adrenaline. Well. And I thought, I'm going to break it down to you. I thought about that because the first time I took that, the first time I took my Can-Am and I'm bombing down to Mexico and I'm like, I said to my wife, because I got the headsets on, I'm in luxury. I'm like, another innovation. Hey babe, (laughs) I'm like, I think I need to run the Baja. And then like after like an hour, I said, nah, you know what? I don't want to be in a rush and have to pass all the taco stands and stuff. Cause then you just can't stop and get value tacos, man. If you see, if, (laughs) if, yeah, if you see something cool, well, value, you're talking about Valley Trinidad. Yes. Yeah. Valley to Trinidad is a little sketch. That's a little sketch balls, bro. You pull into that Valley and it, you know, it doesn't seem sketch balls until you're there at night. Yes. And then, like, the police here are coming through, and mm-hmm. then it was like a shooting, you hear gunshots, mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, this is a little... Well, you got a lot of ranchers, yeah. man. But you never seen more three-legged dogs ever until you go to Valley Trinidad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a lot. There's That's the one thing you see in Why? Mexico. There's lots of... Well, the, so there was a dog. We were sitting there, because we went, we went to... That's day one of our run. Right. Start in San Felipe, and mm-hmm. we go to Mike Sky Ranch. So you come up... Halfway in between, we go to Valley de Trinidad. Mm-hmm. Pull into Valley de Trinidad. Uh, just outside of there, there's the road that runs along the side of the main road. So it's like loose gravel, big rollers, mm-hmm. loose gravel. But mm-hmm. like, so loose gravel can be a little deceiving because you're really putting a lot of a lot of work on the trans, and you're not really getting traction. The tires are so they're spinning more. the whole time. So we're bombing through. The guy with me breaks his transmission on his Can Am, right? So now we bumper pull this thing into Valley de Trinidad. We go in there and they like have an old rider truck they sell pizza out of, and mm-hmm. then they ask for the box back when you're done. Yeah, like the box. We're gonna need that. <laughs> they back. Recycle, yeah, bro. they recycle. They're crazy. recycling. Oh, no, they're we, we need the box back. We're gonna need that back, sir. <laughs> so we go down there. We've got another pie to I've put in there. Video. I've got video. I'm gonna try to find it so I can share it on the podcast. I got video of a dog. So we're chilling there, and like we're sitting on this bench waiting, and the guy that I'm with orders a new car from San Diego, like a new Can-Am, and like it'll be down in five hours. The guy's bringing it across mm-hmm. the board, like this whole thing. And he's like, and I'm like, well, we're going to head to Mike Sky Ranch. He's like, well, you guys aren't going to wait with me? And we're like, no. Yeah, I guess we can. So we <laughs> stayed there waiting all night. Good friends. You guys all rented the pizza box several times. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> You bought the pizza. You just rented the box. There's a pit bull, and it's all the official dog in Mexico is the yeah, pit, pit bull. Pit bull, yeah. Pit bull chihuahua. There's pit the bull, mix. Yeah, there's a pit bull there, and literally the dog is like, so you're just like chilling at this park. Oh, it's kind of like a park because there's a bench there, but it's like dead grass patches and stuff mm-hmm. everywhere. And some old trees. Everything is dirt roads in the yes. whole place. But it's got like, you know, it, it's it's Mexico, 100%. And this dog comes up and the dog's like growling and attacking his right his own right foot. Yes. So I think that's why they're three-legged. They put the dogs on something mm-hmm. and the dog's like attacking his own right foot. And then craziest thing i'm i'm sitting there here comes this there's a and i've seen the homeless dude there last time i took another picture of him he's not a homeless but he's like the local he's the local, local yeah, crazy. hangout guy no teeth bro no teeth, no teeth. yeah I know who no you're teeth. talking about okay. yeah yeah so he's like chilling by the trash can we just got done eating this pizza there's a, a box of pizza in the a garbage not the box no there the is box not <laughs> right there's the pizza crust. get that box <laughs> the, <laughs> paper, <laughs> the paper <laughs> that was in the hey, boxes all the, the trash can. cans are overfilled because yes. i don't need to have any city people working there no so there's a bunch of crust and stuff in there. And so the do- the dog's eating like the pizza crust is on the ground. So dude kind of moses over by the trash can and like kicks a piece of crust away from the trash can that picks up and starts eating. I'm like, oh, bro, mm-hmm. this dude's eating that pizza. I'm like, and this one guy that's with me, Bobby, 
goes to get this poor man some powdered donuts, dude. This guy got no teeth. He's eating powdered donuts and it's like dry as a bone. Now whistle. Now whistle. Yeah. Flashbacks to Vegas. The the, the crackhead on the corner with the white the white outline from the salt. Yeah, it, was just, <laughs> it was nutty, but yeah, the the, the Valley Tea is a, a strange place if you're there for too long it's a great place to stop they got a little taco place like yep. right inside there so did what what'd you go with man did you go with the queso well, tacos we, no when we rolled in there where we rolled in there they were closed okay. yeah so it was like there was a there was the the rider truck with the mm-hmm. pizza mm-hmm. and then right across the street from that's like a little uh so a little a little it's not a taco place they sell like uh there's a chinese restaurant there too that a lot of people yeah, don't right. know about that i ain't banking on that man. well I, i'll tell that story I'll, some other i'll time. check it i'll check it next year so the generations that own that taco stand, I have seen all four of the kids grow up, and they're starting to have their kids now working at that taco stand. Yeah. I've been going down there for 37 years. Well, so I've only been going to Baja for, I think, this four years. Mm-hmm. This will be my fifth year coming up in March. We go, I go with a group that I go with in March, and it's like it's one of those things when you continue to go back there, a lot of that stuff kind of stays the same. And you get to you get to you know like the the, the homeless guy or the the, mm-hmm. the local mm-hmm. mooch or whatever his name is like he's the same guy you see him every time and so you start to kind of get to know a lot of these things but it's oh, yeah. really it's one of these places where Bruce Myers talks about it he actually wrote a book about the Baja and yes. talked about the mystique of the Baja and I my personal opinion like I want George to do it I want George I you I know, want to get a car and have George go on with me because it's just one of, it's one of those experiences where it's just like. It's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I'm lucky enough to do it every year because I've got a car. I've got friends that go down there. We go in a group right. of a bunch of people. Um, I've never been really scared about anything down I, there. I've never like, been Everybody gets all sketched out. But on the Baja Peninsula, it's a little different, right? Well, Baja, Baja has a middle class now because of tourism. Yeah. And I watched it when it was the worst that it was and how it's gotten better. I mean, I've gone down there and I've helped teams for years. I mean, I've had a half-million-dollar trophy truck on the trailer behind me and nothing like you know the chase trucks are loaded to the hilt with tools and parts and everything else um i will tell this story um when jesse james was racing Mm -hmm. uh, my friend was in charge of his pit crew stuff and gary calls me and he says hey lucas i need some help i need you to be with this truck and you're just got to catch jesse so they can see him go by you're not gonna have any pit duties but please be on the radio and keep me company so I'm like, yeah, okay. So I show up. The people that I take show up later, and it happened to be Sandra Bullock at the time. Mm-hmm. Sandra is the nicest person I've ever met, like super down to earth. But she wanted to adopt every dog she saw down there. Yeah, and you know as well as I do, they're all Bro, over thirty the place. minutes. You got forty dogs in the truck. Well, dude. and I'm you know what? They all belong to somebody though. They <laughs> yeah. are somebody's pet. They're just they're not like what we're used to in the yard no, or fenced <laughs> in and, and they're for sure free range dogs. Yeah, they're free range dogs. Well, I've always carried dog treats with me down to Baja because there's the dogs. You give them a treat, you know, that's just the thing. I love dogs. I can't have mm-hmm. any because I'm never home, but I feed them. That woman wanted to take every dog home and every kid she saw. I mean, had to put her up on the roof of the truck just so she wasn't you know surrounded we'd kind of be in the off beaten path jesse had a rough race they are they got a helicopter got him out they boogied back and that was the end of our race so we were in ensenada and we're back having tacos and going to the trailer have you been to the trailer yet in ensenada the trailer trailer taco shop 
I know you come back through Ensenada. No, I don't go, go to the I trailer. Go through Calexico. Oh, okay, you go back through Calexico. Okay. Yeah, we go. We cut across and go the other way because it's a little easier border crossing. Yes, it is. And Tecate is not bad either. Well, listen, it could be easier border crossing if you weren't dragging a 54 foot trailer that got stuck in the border crossing. Oh, K rails are narrow. Down, <laughs> I shut down the border for <laughs> you literally were that guy. One, no, I did. I shut down the border for an hour. I went. I'm following my buddy Brad. He's pulling a 28 foot trailer, and I'm like, "Are you sure this has like some kind of special pass?" And he's oh, like, "Oh yeah, yes. Century Pass." Yes, I don't have one. <laughs> you don't. And they have these K rails that go through, mm-hmm. and they kind of they kind of snake through a little bit. But the 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 radius of the snake was not big enough. It was too tight for the trailer. So yeah. as I'm pulling through there, I literally my my front wheel that's like listen, I've driven some long trailers. That BFT that I had, dude, was a big oh, yeah. freaking trailer. Yeah. And that back wheel was so far back that it grabbed a K rail. So the so now the trailer's pinched. And then I I got a ram, bro. So the Dodge Ram would just keep going. You just you you live goose, up to its you name. Just goose the throttle. She keep moving. So so well, how many people were trying to sell stuff on those K rails? No, nobody, bro. <laughs> were they moving? Everybody was giving me the single finger Mexican salute as they drove by. Because that's where everybody's going across for work, whatever. So when my back tire hooked it. First, I blew a tire out. Second, because I got the ram, I kind of gave her a little grass. We're just going to power through this and just keep her head down and keep moving. Well, the back tire hooked the K-rail and spun it sideways. Now I was blocking my lane, and I shut down the lane next to me. (laughs) Yeah, you were that guy. Holy moly, An hour and a half to get cleared out since some lady had to go get it, and she had to go get a forklift to come back in to pick up the K-rail to put it back. So literally an hour and a half, everybody's pissed or driving by, give me the finger. You were number one. Hold on, hold on. And then even worse, 10 minutes into that, I realized that I have my pistol in my truck. Oh. (laughs) Please tell me you didn't get pulled to secondary. And I'm like, no, I didn't. And I was like, holy crap, I totally forgot I've got my pistol in the truck. You know what I mean? And like I didn't, because I carry it, you know, I have it just in case you know zombie apocalypse, bro. I got yeah, but not in Mexico. Here. Well, I forgot I had it, mm-hmm. so I drive down into Mexico with my gun in my car. Yeah, so it was a whole scene, dude. The whole scene. I've never <laughs> so, heard that story before. Yeah. Mm, not, weird. <laughs> not so and he's job. trying to get you to go to Mexico, Joe. Yeah, totally. That's what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, now, I now make, we know the now, truth. Now I make sure it's over here. So, so like you said, the Baja's got a mystique about it, and there's no doubt about it. Like, um, if some of your listeners want to kind of see some of that mystique, there's a there's a thing that Cameron Steele, who's a huge Baja aficionado and mm-hmm. like promoter of Baja, he did the 50 best spots with BF Goodrich on Baja, and you can catch up to it on YouTube. And it'll show you some of the craziest, cool places you'd never believe are in Mexico. Oh, yeah. And um, he also does a thing uh, for the missions because the whole thing was settled by the Spanish uh, Jesuits. And the first mission was in Loreto in 1699. So he's got all that. You can, you can, if you want to learn how cool Baja really is. That's yeah, you know, and I think you know, there's a lot of people. It's it's in, so. Last time we were there, we we're staying at the Santa Maria. Yeah, down there at. Um, Oh, it's about halfway down, and it's the big white mission hotel right on the beach. Mm-hmm. It's probably it's the nicest one on the. Yeah, Baja you were in trip, Laredo. Right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, not Laredo. We're way up. We're still. Oh, way you're up. you're okay. You're farther north. Mission still. Santa Maria yeah, is where Santa we're Maria, at. Yeah, Santa Maria. Yes. And I can't think of the name of the, the town right there, but when you're coming through there, you'd be surprised how many people are on bicycles, yes. like riding bicycles all the way down the Baja Peninsula. So yeah. when we were there last time, Harrison Ford was there, and everybody's like, "Oh, Harrison Ford." I'm like, "Big deal." big deal han solo on a bike mm-hmm. no big but he's like 70 some years old and he's riding like a a road bike him and a group of people riding road bikes right. 
all the way down. Now, me personally, I've been in Mexico a lot. I would not, I would never be riding a road bike ever no, on no. the asphalt. Over so, there. so let's break down the roads for for the people that don't know how the roads are. Oh, yeah, so really. so the highways are as wide as barely as wide as two semis. Mm-hmm. Then it's a five foot drop on each side mm-hmm. because the roads are elevated in case of rains or floods or any of that stuff. Well. The roads don't get taken care of very well, and you get potholes the size of semi trucks. Oh yeah, and well, then, not that big, but the size of well, farther south, the they size get that. of a, a kiddie, lot bigger than a wheel, of, the yeah. size of a kiddie pool. Well, you could fair. you could lose yeah. a Volkswagen in it, you could mm-hmm. lose a bug in some of them, but uh, uh, the semis own the road, and then we're down there chasing for like the thousand or whatever. Um, you get into some of these switchbacks in these canyons. They're cutting the corner. They don't care what you've they're, got. Oh, no, or, even worse, bro. They're passing. They're passing you. The semi-trucks. You want to talk about a butt-clinching event. Yes. As you're coming through a canyon, you can look at the highway coming up, and you're seeing on an outside corner two semis passing, like a semi-passing. Yes. So they must be talking the walkie-talkie. Oh, yeah. No, it's all clear. 300-foot drop on yeah, the inside. Yeah, but you're just like, and... look, man, I'm telling you right now, I was like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I could not wait to get off that. That's Highway 1. Yeah, highway 1, That's yeah. coming mm-hmm. out of Tijuana. Uh-huh. Like, that's why we go through the Calexico side, so right. we kind of avoid that whole thing. So the I'm cool right now, part now is you guys go in Calexico and go in San Felipe. Highway 5 is now finished. It's paved all the way to Highway yeah, 1 yeah. now. Yeah. And for VW guys, if you get out there just past San Felipe, Lynn Cheneth, who used to build a ton of mm-hmm. race cars and did military cars, he has a full museum out there now. I know. I'm going to stop and check it out. And it's, it's, Lynn is a very interesting guy. He's there all the time. His neighbor is Ivan Stewart, Iron Man Stewart. We yeah. all played the video game. Yeah. And his other neighbor is Johnny Johnson, who was like one of the best off-road racers of all time. Yeah, it's it's a lot of people that spend a lot of time down there end up relocating. A lot of Roger Mears. Down there. Yeah. Roger Mears has a place in Bay of L.A. That's where he's retired. You know, his brother. You're giving away all these people's secrets. They're going to be like, who's this Lucas guy that outed us? Oh, no, no, no. It's incredible what's down there, the people that are down there. There's a lot of expats down there, Mm -hmm. especially in like the San Felipe and some of the beach Mm -hmm. cities and stuff like that. And Mexico, I have to say, man, is some of the most beautiful terrain I've seen. I mean, from like the beaches Mm -hmm. to whatever, the most unspoiled, unpopulated, un-everything. And that's because the government's corrupt and they don't do anything. No, there's all kinds of things like that. Yeah. So so when we all come in the construction industry around here and uh, when we did the Wynn Hotel, it was 18 hours a day, seven days a week for nine months for me. And we had all the low rise. So all the shops, the entryways, the restaurants, I was full burnout mode done. Like I'm gone. So this whole time, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm going to take the time off. I'm going to take full advantage of it. So I jumped in my truck with my Baja bug in tow and I went down to Baja and I spent six months in my Baja bug in Mexico, just cruising around wherever I wanted to go. Yeah. And I met cool people that I met that day, uh, stayed at their house. You know, the people down there are incredible. I mean, they'll do anything to help you. Um, I mean, go found a guy. Oh, I dive lobster. I'm a fat guy. I'm gonna. I'm ballast. I look like shark bait, you know. And right. he's like, Yeah, yeah, come on, come on. Crystal blue waters, and you can see the lobster. We're just diving straight down for the lobster. Got lunch for the day. I mean, how can you go wrong with stuff like yeah. that? Yeah, it's pretty incredible the 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 varied terrain. But it, it gets warm down there. And speaking of oh, warm, yeah. it's warm in Havasu. Yeah. And it's warm in Havasu where you have the Parker Dam show. So. But it's in October. So Let, it'll be so, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about let's talk about the show that okay. you do down there and what made you so and some of you guys that, that that don't know, so I can tell you guys now, about about a year ago, maybe longer, 
I told everybody that I went down to I went down to this undisclosed location, saw like three hundred Volkswagens down there and all yeah. this stuff. And that was Lucas called me up. He's like, "Hey man, there's this honey hole of stuff. The guy passed away. He used to restore one or two cars." And so we went down to a warehouse. It's probably like a six thousand foot warehouse. Yeah. And it was filled bumper to bumper with old Volkswagens. A lot. And <laughs> we were down there trying to work a deal and some mm-hmm. stuff like that. And uh, um, I ended up seeing uh, a couple people. I saw uh, why you staring down there. He was there buying that three fifty six from that lady. Mm-hmm. And then I tried to work a deal on some Porsches, and all my whole deal fell apart because some dude bought it all. But. There's, you know, these little desert towns like that. They've got tons and tons of little Volkswagen stuff just because of off-road racing. These yep. guys just would end up hoarding stuff and bringing it there so they could have spare parts and backups. Exactly. And so, um, Lucas gave me the insight on that. And unfortunately, we didn't pull any we didn't pull any sweet rides out of that place, which would have been really cool to do. But uh, so there's a bit of a scene down there. I mean, I know Jeff Hart. Jeff Hart's there. Je- and- I don't even get Jeff Hart on the podcast because I just saw him recently. I think he was at that MP meet. He went to he went to that drag meet, the MP one. He yeah, was the, at MP the MP thing. MP and I and I and I want to get him on the podcast because he's a big engine builder. Mm-hmm. I don't know does he does he, but he builds V8s and stuff too, right? I think he's still kind of playing around with that because because Havasu is a marine town and, right, and, and a hot rod motors. town and a right. car town. Um, they say per capita, there's more vintage cars registered in Lake Havasu than anywhere else in the world. Yeah, I believe it. Cause I mean, you, they have all goofy street rods. Oh no, everything. <laughs> like I have a Love really good rods. friend of mine that's there. He's got a 69, 429 boss Mustang four speed car. Yeah. And then his 73 Cadillac convertible sitting right next to it. And, and a brand new vet, you know, you got these guys that are, you know, Hey, we're over this, we're moving here. And, and you know the three boats and the hot rods and you know so you uh you ended up did you snag any cars out of that big find i thought I, you were I got a, a i got a 70 i got a 71 bus and then i got also um i i asked for that overly louvered car one with the gold wing doors i need that car bro <laughs> so that's in the works still Bro, that. that car, bring that. If if you get you listen, I'm giving you a mission right now. You get that car for the one crazy weekend, bro. That would be fun. I mean, you bring it down on the trailer. Yeah, the worst part is I think I deleted. I was out of anger. I deleted all of those pictures. I have I have pictures of that. I'll send it to you. But the yeah, that thing had what like 200 louvers in it, maybe, and it yeah. had going doors, and it was a bit excessive. Yo, it was excessive, but it was total 80s car. I love it, and it was tweed. I love it. I mean, I'm I'm trying to locate. The, if you've seen on the internet recently, some of those uh, the Firebird Gear kits. Yes. Well, <laughs> bro, I need one, dude. Well, I need I, one. I'm, Bandit. I'm hung up right now. I want that car, but I also have a car I'm picking up from Pat Dean here in town that was in Butch's yard forever, and it's kind of a. It's like why it's a like why did they do that car? Mm-hmm. So it's a like a '66 Gear that's got a like an El Camino style truck on the back of it. Oh, I think I, I think the I, green one? I just saw a yeah. picture of that. Yeah. It, yeah. Someone stole some pictures I had and they're like, hey, it's on, you know, non-purist Volkswagens or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And the ruined, ruined. Yeah. Ruined page. Volkswagen. So unfortunately, they're clearing all that shop out and they're moving stuff. And that's one of the things they pulled out. And so Pat and I have a deal on that car. So nice. I, I'm, I'm that guy you just talked about that's hoarding all the parts and yeah. stuff in the desert. Yeah, I'm doing I'm kind of doing that right now. I well, guess. you should get it. I mean, snag what you can when you can. You know yes. what I mean? And, and, and there's so much. That's the crazy part. Everybody's like, oh, all the deals are gone. All no. everything's gone. There's still stuff out there because there's still guys that have, 
you know, and you'd be you'd be surprised at what some of these off road guys have hidden because they all have a little street car here and there. Well, well perfect example is who we just said, Pat Dean. Yeah, Butch. He, look at Pat's street car that's Pat, been sitting Pat in. Still a, has a street car. It's sitting in this storage container. I know. And it's which car? The sixties, the, the white. It's yeah, a sixty five, sixty six. Yeah, big big motor, twenty three thirty two motor, and dual dual cars. Yeah, it was him and a, him and a guy Pooker were. Yeah, Pooker still Pooker yep. had his were partners on and it. Mike Lucy. Uh, has his old, his dad's old car from back yeah. in the day too. Yeah, I don't know if Bill knows Mike Lucy. I don't know Mike Lucy. I know you. Uh, Twenty nine Palms. Yeah, he's he's out there. He's a fab guy. Mm-hmm. But you know all these. Uh, I mean, there's so there's so many. Uh, there, there's so much stuff out there. So much history in the in the VW stuff. Um, it, it, that's, and it all starts. It all starts in the street. It all starts on the off road. It all starts with a dune buggy. But mm-hmm. it's that VW, that flat four motor, mm-hmm. that like today when you guys came here and we decided to work for the on my rear for like ten minutes and and try to and run it and just see if I had any more leaks and stuff right. like that. It's like every time I've had an eight cylinder car with any sizable motor other than my Cutlass that had a two sixty V eight, dude. It's uh, there's always been like heating issues you know what i mean <laughs> well so, we, we're not meant for that we're, we like the, well, the air and, and that's the thing it's like it's one thing you never worry about with the volkswagen it's like overheating them or running them too hot and stuff oh like i've that. done it well yeah, no listen like we've town do, <laughs> we've done it but what i'm saying is for the most part it's like with a v8 you're with, with a v8 you drive it around and one of the things you remember is like your feet are burning from the floorboard mm-hmm. like the heat coming through the yep. the, 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 the floorboard and then it's like, ah, oh, crap. Or even when I took my Celine Mustang, if they're not stock, my a regular Mustang, oh, yeah. five liter, you drive it all day with the AC thing yeah. runs cool as a clam, you all put, that stuff. Put headers and exhaust on it. Your feet are right. burning. Yeah, your feet are burning. And that, yeah, and uh, that one that I had, my Celine, that thing, that thing was like running. And yeah. then I, I decided to take it out summer day. Like I was like, I'm driving it. Oh, it's got it's got a radiator. I can drive it. <laughs> yeah. No, this had a big old Griffin aluminum, but it's it's still it's it's one thing you never worry about with the Volkswagen. So I uh, I, I forget that until I start working on like this car, and then I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, this thing is just a stupid cool. And if the car runs, let's just let well, me drive it. There's with something like that. There's more things that can go wrong. It's another aspect of that motor that can go wrong. Oh yeah, just in the in the water cooling system, there's there's 26 connections, and and a bolt could be missing, and water could come pouring out of it, like I experienced yesterday, and just yeah, all it, kinds of drama. Simplicity is what what draws us initially to these kind of cars. So let's talk about your show. Okay, G- give me the give me this the specs on your show. What okay. how was it last year? So it's volks jamcom Yep. And it's dubs by the dam, and you mm-hmm. guys can check out the website. It's going to be in October. It's going to be at the in Parker, Arizona, right in the middle of town. And so, give me the give, give me the outline of the show. So, uh, uh, morning roll in for the show. We're going to have a meet and greet at Pirates Cove, which is uh, right on the water. So you can go and have dinner, uh, get all your registration packets early and make it easy. You know, you can pre-register online. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can order your shirts ahead of time. You can order your hats ahead of time. You can order poker hands, extra ones if you want to. Um, What do you mean by that? Order an extra poker hand. So your initial cost for your poker uh, is included in your entry. So if you say, oh, I got three people in the car. I want to buy three hands. Mm -hmm. So you got a couple extra hands you can buy. And then you can make it fun with who's in the car or or vice versa. Oh, I'm going to be greedy. I want to win this. I want to try and win it. Um, this year we're doing, we have three grand prizes for the poker run. Uh, one of them is a set of method wheels. Nice. Uh, nice. A nice set of new method wheels. The second is a set of general tires or continental tires. We have a gift certificate for that. Awesome. Up, up to 35 inches tall. So if you need something for your truck, mm-hmm. car, whatever, um, 
We have uh, then Rick Johnson, who's my partner in this. Uh, Rick's a Baja guy. Uh, he's got a lifted Baja Squareback that he cruises around. It's called the Chiquita Benita. It's pretty funny. It's a cool little car. Yeah. And uh, he's uh, he's got a hotel in Las Barrios, which is just north of Cabo. And we're giving away a four-night stay at his hotel. Nice. So if you're taking the wife out, then you get in less trouble if you win that one. <laughs> so, yeah, what, so what so are the grounds the like? Yeah, yeah. What, like where, where, where is the car show itself? Uh, the car show is in Pioneer Park, which is in the center of town. Nice. So we're right on the highway where everybody comes through. If you're coming from California, you got to go buy it. If you're coming through Arizona, on through like you're Capistan. parked in a park. Yeah, we're in a park. We're on the grass. Nice. Um, we'll have a cornhole tournament, which the Chamber of Commerce is giving like 250 bucks away for a cornhole tournament. Uh, we'll have a full bar there if you want to get Bloody Marys, mimosas, whatever. Um, I have uh, the police department showing up doing some demonstrations in the fire department so the kids can do stuff. So like some clubbings and stuff like yeah. that, like some, hey, for some stop and frisks. Yep. Those are the kind of Well, they had, they had the canine out there last year, and the canines did demonstration, and they had the bite suit on and everything else to show what the canines could do. Can you pay to be in the bite suit? Can you pay them to put somebody in the bite George, suit? George, how much do you want to pay to put your brother in the bite suit? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> But uh, doing stuff like that, the the town's really involved in it. It's it's really nice. Um, now, is there a host hotel to stay at? Where there's three hotels that you can do the Quarion, the Best Western, or the, oh, the Hampton. Quarion sounds nice. In the name. <laughs> no, I would do Best Western okay. or the the uh, the Hampton. Those are the two newer ones. Can you camp if you're in a? Camp? Yes, uh, Pirates Cove, which are is our host. They have camping. And then we're also, it's right connected with La Paz State Park. So you can go in. I think uh, dry camping at La Paz State Park is, I think, $15 a night. So we say dry camping, like I could bring my weekend warrior down there? Uh, there is a couple spots for that. Hmm. And uh, you, we can get you the... the with hookup. no hookups, though. The, yeah, that would, That's all right. dry camp is no hookups. Bro. But uh, there is a place in that section that has four hookup spots that we're, we're asking to reserve for it. Um it's going through the county, and it's kind of a volunteer basis at their deal. So a lot of jumping through hoops to make people, hey, yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> so on your website, is there is there links to the hotels that you can? Uh, we are just waiting for the confirmation for the room code, and then it will be on there. Um, like I said, you can do uh, – we have food vendors signed up. Um, we have a couple, uh, like Pirates Cove that's doing the hosting – uh, they're going to be our finish spot for the poker run and where the awards are. Yeah, there's Rick's square back right there. Um, so uh, he, uh, uh, they're doing a full barbecue dinner for us. Nice. Um, and I believe. Do the participants pay for that or it's a it's part a, of your entry? It, uh, you get one wristband with your entry and then you can buy an extra one for 10 bucks. Mm -hmm. And so the wristband gets you a meal? Gets you a meal. Nice. We did that last year too. So it's part of that. Um the uh, poker run, you're actually running the California side and the Arizona side of, of the river. Mm -hmm. So you got places you can pull over and get some really cool shots of, of the Colorado River and your car in the background. Uh, you'll actually go across the Parker Dam. Um, there's some sections where you can you know open the thing up and, and make the car run and breathe. And then there's some cool windy back roads to go around. That people should drive super safe in and be yes. aware of all posted and, speed limits. And, so what they should do. There. Yes, and here's the next thing: there are donkeys on the roadway on the California side. I think you mean burros. Burros. <laughs> burros. Yes, burros. Donkeys. But we're the donkeys behind the wheel until we see the burros. <laughs> right. But uh, uh, Rick and I wanted to do a, a show because really the only show that's in Lake Havasu is Buses by the Bridge. 
and you got to have a bus. The best. Oh no, it's a great show, but you can only have a bus to get in. And, yeah. And uh, we just felt, you know, there's enough people. That's what I was telling people because it's funny. Your show lands on the same day as Octo. And so someone on the club thing said, hey, man, that's going to be interfering with Octo. I said, not for all the guys with bugs and mm-hmm. type threes. Like, yeah. what? they can't go to Octo, so mm-hmm. get get your butt over to Lake Havasu, yeah. you know? Right. And, and uh, the thing I will tell you, it was really cool to meet a lot of the guys from Phoenix area because mm-hmm. they really, I mean, we had 108 cars for our first show last year. Yeah, it's a pretty good turnout. Which I don't think is too bad not for our first show. Not at all. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, at least I have some promotion background being you know having to grow up and promoting with my grandfather but you know we rick i love rick to death he's the biggest worry wart in the world but that's just his personality like i get a phone call every week man no one's pre-entering no one's doing this no one's doing that but i did do a thing there's still what are we the fourth i got 15 16 days and i put it out to you guys too is i'm doing a special thing for the clubs whoever has the most entries in the club they get the prime spot up front under the trees at the show. Do you hear that Las Vegas Volkswagen yeah, Club members? Come yeah, on. Come on. Call Step out. You know, and I, the, the, the thing with the, with this with this event here, if you're not going to, is so same weekend as Octo, mm-hmm. and a lot of us yeah. have been to Octo before, and yeah. it's kind of a traditional run down there, do all this stuff. And if, you, listen, the, the fall one's usually the nice one because it's good weather. You can drive your car down there. It's yeah. not bad. But, but I agree. For this event, like this isn't a bad drive from Vegas. No. It's not a bad drive at all. It's the same as, it's a little bit far, a little farther beautiful than drive. It's about 30 minutes from Havasu. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's a little farther than buses, mm-hmm. but it's an easy drive because the, the is road, it the same route that you take to go to buses, yeah. or do you go a different? Yeah, route? Yeah, no, you'll run right through Havasu and then just continue on the ninety three, and it's thirty five minutes from Havasu, just cruising. Like I, I do that drive three, four times a week for work. Yeah, and it's it's a cool drive. You're running through the canyons, and you got the lake that you're overpassing. You're passing. Yeah, in October, that's a, that's a fun. I mean, it'd be good to get a whole crew of people. It's good weather. To, that's good. That's a, a good time tournament. to go down there. Well, and, and the know. other part with the club thing, I'm throwing I'm throwing out a gift certificate to the club. You know, 150 bucks that covers if you're going to hot dog it in the park or extra water, sodas, ice. You know, covers covers some club costs. You know, yeah. so and you get the prime spot. So. Yeah. You hear that clubs out there? I don't think that's a bad idea. I think they're here. I hope they hear, but you know, they're better here. But. Well, but you know, just more stuff that's going to be that's between you know here and Phoenix and California, and we're kind of in the middle. Yeah. yeah, I mean, especially if you're wanting to go out there, it's you know go out to to have a sewer, just go out for a weekend, just to go get out and go see some stuff and take your car on, on a drive that's not going to stress it. You know. Yeah, and we all know, you know, like your buddy Scotty Moses, he goes out to have a sewer all the time. Yeah. What's the big deal? Another half hour in the double cab? Why not? Get out there, Scott. That's know? it. Scott's a little scared. About you live in the boat life. Yeah. Boat he, life, boat it's life. boat season for him right now. Yeah. So October gets a little too chilly out the lake. <clears throat> well, and, and that's the cool part, too, is, you know, if you're camping out, you get the guys that have the flat bottom boats and the big motors early morning. And the water's like glass. You wake up to a big, nasty V8 hauling ass down the river. You know, yeah. that's not a bad way to wake up. No. Nope. You know, and then you're going to see a few others. And I mean, a pile of money. We can have a pile of money. Yeah, that'd be way better. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'm I'm actually excited to make it to your guys' show. I really wanted to last year and and in between us getting ready for that show. And I had some work engagements that I I had to get done. And and, and, it's uh, a good time. I mean, it's listen, it's. I just like the I like the weekend chill aspect of it of like a strip cruise, Mm -hmm. a small car show, and then the poker run. The poker run is just. It's just a good time because, especially if you're not from Vegas, to run around some places around Vegas. Yeah, and 
you know, this year, th- this year the sponsors that we have on the event, we have Finley Volkswagen's one of the sponsors. We've got uh, Dam Volks. We've got you. We've got uh, Baron King. We've got um, uh, the Lab Vic built. The Lab is a sponsor, and then uh, Sunkiss Graphics is a sponsor. They're they're also kicking down, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just a it's just such a a good time to be able to get out and drive your car. I think ever since we did Bull Run, it was like. The best time you have in your car is driving it. Oh well, yeah, it's the best and the worst time. Like when you when you when oh, you yeah. when you take your um, electronic ignition and wire it backwards mm-hmm. at a car show, and then your car won't start. <clears throat> well, it, it's kind of like for me going back to like going to desert race. I started on dirt bikes, and then I got into a single seat car. Well, in a single seat car, you're not sharing like, oh my god, I I did that. Holy crap! I didn't kill the car. I didn't crash. I didn't do any of that. Right. Um, some of my best times has been in a two seat car and we all know our little buddy, Richie panic. Mm-hmm. Richie rode with me a lot. Did he? Oh man. We, we raced one race. I think I had one wheel that, that would work as a brake. We, I got the car handed to me this way. So basically no brakes. It was a no prep race. Uh, pretty much. I mean, the car got destroyed. It was out here in, in uh, state line at Buffalo bills. It's a 400 mile race. So I get in the car. There's no first gear. Second gear barely works, and we're in a limited car. So we're getting up this sand wash, and I've got this faster com- car coming to me, and I have nowhere to get over. And when I do, it's so soft, it sucks the car up. <laughs> so I have no momentum left. And I'm like, Richie, I don't know what we're going to do. He goes, hey, I got a good idea. And I go, what is it? He goes, I'm going to unbuckle for a second. He unbuckles, and he shoves his foot onto the shifter to hold it in first gear, and I'm beating the crap out of the clutch just to get momentum and i'm watching rick richie's leg look like a pogo stick bouncing up and down and this thing's trying to pop out of gear we get our momentum going everything else and we get out of there well we still had another 80 miles to go this way and this car is beat and it it was so bad that the roof cracked because of the repair you know you wreck a car you put a new roof on it right the repairs broke so the car was kind of purple and it looked like hungry, hungry hippo going down the road because it would bounce up and down, and you could hear the thing clacking, and the body separating, and you'd see daylight and it'd go away, and you'd see daylight and it'd go away, and it, it moved so much it creased the roof of the car because that's how far back it was moving. It was moving to the B pillar on the car. Uh, come across the finish line, we ran out of time. I had one light left on the car. And I had a motorhome pull out in front of me on the racetrack, and I had nowhere to go. And, you know, the big green fence posts the farmers use yeah. and the barbed wire, I had nowhere to go. I ended up in that. I had barbed wire all through the car, bounced off the K-rails to the finish line, and that was it. And we missed time by four minutes. Yeah, the best times and the worst times yeah. all at once. in your VW. But if you're by yourself, you don't get to share those experiences. <laughs> yeah, nope. And if you win a race, there's no fun story. No, listen. That's what that's the thing that like these guys always get down on me about. Like, oh man, Bill, I can't believe you didn't check this or didn't. I'm like, listen, bro, this is what the cool stories are made of. (laughs) I got a lot of cool stories where I made it to every show, had a really great time at that show. (laughs) I made it it back. I make it eventually. (laughs) Most of my stories sound a lot like that. Well, yeah, but you know, you're not in charge of the trailer, so Sacramento. you guys had a long, rough deal. Hey, we made it there and back. Oh yeah, (laughs) not going to cost a lot. Cost a lot of money. And you know, I've been calling you a trailer ninja for so long now, and I might have to take that title away because i was so impressed with your driving when we went to sacramento 
for that show. Mm-hmm. But then I heard the story about you trying to take a trailer through these K rails, and yeah, I think I, I might have to take the ninja status no, no, right <laughs> well, away from he, your name as the trailer. He it from I'm, experience. I'm gonna, yeah. you, I'm gonna tell you right now. Now that was following a wrong dude down the wrong way, yes. and on top of that, it's like, his 28 footer just said, "Am I right in there?" Yeah, he did. He, <laughs> there, he, he bobbed and, and weeds, and I was like, oh, like yeah. a train coming to a halt." And what's crazy is the closer you get to the border, the narrower the K rails get. And yeah, I can yeah. verify this with him. So he, I know <clears throat> after I after I did that, I pull up to the to the border and I I looked at the dude. And I'm like, bro, I'm so sorry. I said, I'm your problem for the past hour and a half. He's like, oh, you're my guy. I said, yeah, I'm your guy. I said, you letting me through? Are you gonna pull me to the side, man? I've been here long enough. He's like, just go ahead. Have a nice day. Yeah, have a nice day. I said, all right. We were, we were that guy. Uh, our friend, my friends, the Cortezes, uh, they're here out of Vegas, and uh, they do all the furniture installs in the hotels. Uh-huh. And Rudy's from Ensenada originally, so full Spanish. Like I've ridden him in the race car to where he gets excited and he forgets that I'm sitting there and he's yelling at me in Spanish because he's excited. Right. And then I have to remind him, "Hey, dude, it's me." Oh, sorry, Lucas. Ta-da-da-da. And he tells me in English, right? So um, just really like great experiences with him. But we're coming back, and he's in the motorhome and. He's a, he likes his cigar and all that stuff. Just kind of calm, get him, get him back into the States. Wasn't paying attention. Brand new motorhome. wipes out. He takes out the, uh, the booth that the, the, uh, border agents is in mm-hmm. and is sliding it down the road. We were in secondary for seven hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They ripped apart that motorhome. They ripped apart the chase truck. They ripped apart the race car. They're like, you guys haven't just sit right there. I'm like no, but this yeah. Rudy's the same guy. We were coming through the San, the Washington Sonata off the start of the 500 one year, and I'm riding with him, and uh, the tr- you're, you've seen the videos down there. Like the the Baja 1000, the Baja 500 is the Baja People's Super Bowl. Right. That that is the oh, event. Yeah. They try to touch the car. Oh yeah. They try oh to- yeah. I mean, I've set lug nuts down and go to put my gloves on. My gloves are gone because it touched the car, you know, just stuff like that. Um, Stickers, you know, all that stuff. So I'm riding with Rudy. We're off the starting line and getting him calmed down because the nerves are just out of control. And, you know, I'm like, we got this. We got all day, man. Just Yeah, because you get fired up in the beginning. You'll break the car. Yeah, you're going to break the car. Well, I'm I'm riding, riding shotgun, you know, mechanical, whatever. And I'm calling stuff out. I'm like, just cruise through here. We don't have anything to prove, man. We're we're second to last off the line in our class. It's a timed event. We're good. Just cruise. Well, I end up being the guy panicking because one of the fans decided to drop a bag out of the tree. And it hit the the dash of the car. And it's got the, you know, the humps on it. So you got some deflection for the GPS and all that. And the bag's moving. And I'm thinking because of the car. No, it's moving because Someone put snakes in this bag and dropped it in the car. Oh, yeah. I don't Sounds like, like an episode of Scooby-Doo. Oh, it was bad. It was bad. I don't like snakes. It's the other team. Get up in that tree. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Get I the bag of snakes oh, I yeah. brought and get in that tree. Well, <laughs> the booby traps are real down there. I mean, yeah, they, you know. That's the crazy yeah. part. Like the, When you see people all gathered up by an area, they've, you slow down. they've booby-trapped the roads. So yeah, like you slow down. Either a big pit with a piece of plywood mm-hmm. over top of it or something. Oh, that's there's nice pictures out there where they've made a booby trap and the guy's laying on the ground. With a beer in his hand, he's the car's jumping over the top of him. I mean, it's it's nuts. I mean, people's oh yeah, whatever. I'm like, no, that really does happen down there. And uh, 
So this bag of snakes is in the car and I'm yelling at Rudy because now I'm the one that's out of control because I don't like snakes as it is. This is the second time I've had a snake in the car with me in my lifetime. And I'm reaching down, I'm doing it, and I'm trying to pop the lid off of the top of the car to get out of it as it's moving. I don't want to end this thing anymore. I don't know what's in this bag. or Is it garter snakes? Is it rattlesnakes? I can't hear it over the motor or my helmet. And he's like, quit being a pussy. I'm like, screw you. I want out of this thing. And And he reaches down and he sets the bag on my lap. He goes, get rid of it. So I've got the the roof up and it goes out. Who knows what I hit or who I hit with a bag of snakes. Yeah. So it took me probably the next 30 minutes to catch my breath and be normal. He goes, and you're sitting there telling me to be calm. Look at this. You're out of control. <laughs> yeah, that's nuts, man. It's 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 not some of the the stuff they try to do on the track over there. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, I'll tell I'll tell you all your all your listeners too. You ever want to get away and go check it out? I have, I, if you're into motorcycles or UTVs, find somebody that's been there and that can show you. And I can tell you the best guy to go to, his name's Tim Morton, uh-huh. and he owns a company called Baja Bound Moto. And Tim actually is just getting put in the Off-Road Hall of Fame this year. Yeah. And he is the guy that stops with 200 pounds of dog food, leaves it here for this, and work boots for this guy because he knows he works hard and doesn't have the money. Tim's been, Tim has so many miles down there. It's so cool to, I've been on some places. I'm like, Tim, I didn't know about this. He goes, oh no, there's a waterfall up here. And I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, I'll show you. You know, he's that guy. But uh, yeah, he's got a great, great program there too. And So you can just reach out to that guy and he'll take oh, you. Oh yeah, you can rent a bike from him. You can rent a uh, side-by-side <clears throat> from him. He'll set up all the hotels. He'll take you on the ride. Um, yeah, if, if you get a chance to do it, man, it's like, do it. I got bucket enough. list. Yeah, I got lucky enough to get with a group and go do it. And uh, Well, and I still love to take you down to some of the places I go to, Bill, and, and I'd love to see George do that. And uh, yeah. I, we could talk forever. I know George's got all kinds of stuff, but uh, and everybody's got things to do. <laughs> yeah, George, George, George is giving George, us I'm giving a hand signal that, hey, man, I got to get. George's got a hard out. He's got an interview. Yeah, I haven't even showered yet from work. Right, we covered in metal all shavings. Right. Come on, man. Well, we talked about a lot today. We talked about uh, everything that's going on. But most importantly, guys, don't forget, it's going to be October 15th this 16th? year. 16th? October 16th. And you can pre-register online. At um, volks-jam.com. And it's Dubs by the Dam in Parker, Arizona by the Parker Dam. So yes. and hopefully we'll see you guys out there, man. And, and, Bill, uh, and Bill said he's going to bring his setup out there so he can get re- get you guys some shirts and some Yeah, I can, bring, I can bring it out there. I just need a team with me, so no problem. I'm, I'll bring the rag chop out there. Rap, rap. I might be down for a camp, like if the campsite's closed. Yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, the campsites from from... The campsite to the show site's uh, seven miles, okay. and then that's where we're finishing. So, really, you're you're good to go camping there too. Yeah, we'll have to All check right. it out. But we'll we'll give you guys some more reminders on the podcast. And uh, until next week, guys. Later. A Volkswagen is a nice station wagon to have.